your personal connection with your followers is what is going to turn them into lifelong fans. And whilst your music can attract people and resonate with people at the end of the day, it's your values and your personalities as a band, which makes them stay. Welcome to the being in a band podcast. I'm your host, Monica Strutt, and I'll be your new band bestie as we deep dive into all things music marketing, PR and strategy, as well as the mindset it takes to succeed in today's modern music industry. I know the highs and lows of being a musician, and I've seen far too many of my talented peers give up on their dreams far too early in their careers. After working for years, both as a musician and professional digital marketer specializing in the music industry, I now help emerging bands break through the glass ceiling and reach the next level in their careers. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Being in a Band podcast. Well, today is Friday the 13th, and I think it's pretty fitting that it's Friday the 13th because, unfortunately, I woke up to the news this morning that Download Festival Australia has been officially cancelled. I received the press release officially in my inbox at 9.30 this morning, but I had been speaking to a number of clients and friends who knew people that were roadies and they were all starting to kind of get laid off yesterday in preparation for the announcement today. So we kind of had a bit of a hint that this was coming. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff in the news lately about coronavirus and, you know, Golden Plains Festival, which is a festival here in Australia. Someone tested positive for coronavirus at that festival. So naturally people are really, really concerned when it comes to gatherings of thousands of people. But due to the travel ban, My Chemical Romance, which were headlining Download Festival 2020, um, unfortunately could not make the festival. And obviously they could not find a headliner in time and people would have bought tickets knowing that My Chemical Romance were headlining. And yeah, it's just they said in the press release basically that it wouldn't be right for them to continue on with the festival. I think there's more to it than just My Chemical Romance pulling out. I think everyone, as I said, is just concerned about coronavirus right now and And um, I know that this is probably a topic on the forefront of every musician's mind. And by the way, this episode is not going to be about coronavirus. Like there's enough stuff out there about coronavirus to make a whole episode on this. However, if it is something that's on your mind, I urge you to listen to a podcast by my friends Curtis and Matt and Keefe on the Dumb and Dumbest podcast. So they actually did an episode. I'm just going to look up the number now. They did an episode earlier this week on coronavirus and how they actually think it's going to be an advantage to uh, smaller bands and local bands. And it's going to kind of boost the economy on a local level. Um, Unfortunately, you know, if you're a touring band, obviously tours and whatnot are going to be seriously impacted, at least for the next few months, in my opinion. Um, But yeah, they did a whole episode and it was a really, really positive and refreshing take on how this can actually positively help emerging bands. So the episode number is, so it's episode 344 and it's called Coronavirus South by Southwest and your band hosted by Matt Bacon, Dua PR and Ghost Cult Keefe. So definitely go check that out on your favorite podcasting app. Um, They had just a really interesting discussion about it, which I think could put probably put your mind at ease because most of you listening to this are in smaller bands. Yeah, I know that this has been a topic of discussion with my band. We're planning a new single launch at the moment and we don't gig a ton. Um, We've been focused pretty much since the start um, for the last 18 months on building online and only picking and choosing gigs that we think will be really, really worthwhile because 
we just don't have the population here in Australia and a lot of bands tend to overplay. Um, so online presence has really been a huge part of our strategy. And I think going forward, it needs to be, you know, it's social media and building an online presence has been very, very important within the music industry for the past few years. Um, but I think now more than ever, if you're releasing new music, then I think it's really, really important to have a proper online marketing strategy. You can't be relying on playing shows to get your audience. I mean, as I said, I don't think local shows will be so much impacted. We're still planning our launch show, but yeah, I I think what, when bands can't tour, I think having an online presence and being really creative in the content that you're putting out online is going to be really essential in not stagnating your music career. If you want help with this, I do have band consulting packages available. Just head to monicastrat.com. At the moment, I have a 12-week package available and I am taking on new bands at the moment. I don't take on a lot of bands because I have really, really intense accountability to the bands that I work with. We literally talk every single day. Um, But if your band is releasing new music and you want someone to help you with a proper release and marketing strategy, I would love to hear from you. Head to monicastrut.com. I'll link my website below. And let's make sure that your music actually gets heard, especially in this day and age. Um, Very, very important to be creative with your marketing, with your content and Um, just with your overall strategy. But today I'm talking about marketing tips from my band's single Fear, which we released a year ago. So last week we were celebrating the one year anniversary of our second video for Fear. It was our third single, but it feels like our second single really because our second single didn't have a video clip. Um, So this was our second video clip and it actually was our most successful song to date in terms of like stats on Spotify, at least. So it's been streamed 62,000 times on Spotify to nearly 30,000 listeners, and it's had 2.6 thousand saves on Spotify alone. So we really um, noticed that Spotify was getting a lot of traction for this song. Not only do we think it's one of our better songs, obviously, but we really did push Spotify and pre-saves for this particular single. And as a result, it really landed the song on a lot of algorithmic playlists, which are so, so powerful in getting your music out there to people. When people talk about Spotify playlists, they're largely talking about editorial playlists, but the algorithmic playlists are actually even more powerful than editorial. I mean, editorial is all good for the notoriety factor, but in terms of actual reach, the algorithmic playlists are where it's at. And that's why it's so important to have pre-save campaigns, get people actually saving your song to their playlists before it's even launched. So when it does launch, your stats will just have this boost already and you'll just have the biggest chance possible to get that song out there and on those algorithmic playlists. And things just tend to kind of snowball. Even though the song was released a year ago, it still does really, really well on Spotify. In terms of growth, our other single, Like a Ghost, has had the most streams in the shortest amount of time. So that was a single that we released six months ago. But overall, Fear was our most successful song to date, particularly on Spotify. By the way, if you're new to the podcast, my band is called The Last Martyr, and you can check us out at The Last Martyr on all streaming and social platforms. There are two Last Martyrs, so we are The Last Martyr from Melbourne, Australia which is a long story that I'm pretty sure I've already talked about on the podcast. So I won't talk about that again. (laughs) Anyway, reflecting one year on, I wanted to give you a behind the scenes look into not only promoting fear, but establishing who we were as a relatively new band. And I put out a blog post last week. So this podcast is really going to go through the tips that I put in that blog post, but it's also going to build upon that. 
Before we start, just a quick disclaimer. This wasn't everything that we did to promote this song. This is just sort of what I've pulled out in terms of interesting marketing and branding things that I typically recommend to bands. Um, and just because you do everything that I list, it doesn't mean you'll have the same results. So you may have... Um, worse results. You may have better results. Who knows? Every band is different. There are so many factors. So I just wanted to put that little disclaimer out there. So the first thing that we did was teasing the song. And if you head to monicastrut.com, I've actually got images. Um, so you can actually see the tiles that we put on Instagram and Facebook and whatnot when it came to teasing out the song and just sort of the aesthetics and whatnot. But basically we started teasing the song a little over a week before it actually came out. And we did this by using screen grabs from the video, which our director exported for us. And the reason why we got him to export the screen grabs that we wanted, we sent him the timestamps and he just exported the images at those timestamps. Um, but basically why we got him to do it is so they would be the highest quality possible. And we weren't just taking screenshots on our phone of the video clip and whatnot. So this is a really good way to kind of repurpose, which is a marketing term, which means to reuse or like reuse in a different way. It was a good way to repurpose existing content whilst also reminding people that we have a new track coming out and to pre-save and pre-order it. It takes people many, many times seeing the same thing before they actually internalize the message or take action. So it's really, really important, especially leading up to a release, to be reminding people every single day and making sure that it's in the forefront of their minds, which is really, really difficult. I talked about a lot, this seven touch points in marketing, which is an old school marketing principle that that basically it takes people seeing something seven times before they, as I said, internalize or take action. In this day and age with social media, marketers are actually saying it's more like over 30 touches. So a lot of people are worried they're going to spam <laughs> spam their followers and whatnot. You cannot be worried about spamming people. It's just people are scrolling. People are scrolling mindlessly. You really, really need to be pushing your song and your product in people's faces in order for them to actually even see what you're trying to promote, if that makes sense. And if you're not confident enough to promote in that sort of way, I know it can feel really unnatural at first, but really due to the social media algorithms, um, it's absolutely necessary. And if you feel uncomfortable doing it, try and push through that or try and do some like personal development and mindset work, because you have to really ask yourself if you're uncomfortable sharing your work with people, are you really that proud of it? So that's something that you're going to have to work on yourself. But ideally, yes, you're going to have to be promoting your release every single day during the release period, at least for about a month or so, um, which counts like the weeks before the release and after. The second thing that we did was we used an emoji to create a motif that went throughout all our marketing. So we used the rose emoji motif during the lead up and throughout the launch period because it was an easy reference to the video because the video actually has rose petals in one of the scenes, but it also represented metaphorically the idea of fear being something negative at first, i.e. the thorn, but beautiful once you move through it, the flower. So there was a little bit of depth there as well. So each time we shared something about the track on social media, whether that be on our band's pages or our personal pages, um, whether that be like a news article, interview, or another visual or anything to do with the track, we always use the rose emoji to tie everything in. And once again, I've got examples in the blog post of exactly how we did that. And I've actually got an example of a sponsored post um, and an organic post. So you can see kind of the difference. It's, it's not really anything to do with the rose emoji except for the caption, but you can kind of see the difference in engagement between a sponsored post and an organic post. 
And we also continued this rose motif concept in our Instagram stories. And often we would put rose petals, um, like a gif of rose petals overlaying on top of the video clip or any screenshot of like media interviews and whatnot. We would overlay a rose petal gif or just the rose emoji um, just to kind of tie everything in and really just create a brand around this particular release. And using an emoji is such an easy way to do this. And I highly, highly recommend that if that's something that you think would suit your band, um, then to pick an emoji with each single and yeah, just use that pretty much everywhere when promoting it. We also, with this single, started to create a brand. So the clip itself was supposed to visually carry on from our first single and video, Into the Black. The concept of Into the Black stemmed around the theme of depression and the fact that through our darkest times come our greatest lessons. So the lyrical themes from Fear centered around breaking free of what is comfortable, which we felt carried on really nicely from the prior release, Into the Black, whilst also further developing the visuals around who the last mother are and our entire vibe. So we chose to wear a lot of the same outfits in some of the scenes. Um, the very first scene of fear is actually a clip from the last scene of into the black. But yeah, as I said, we chose to wear the same outfits. We reused the neon lighting in the fear video and we also shot in the same location. So both those songs really tied in very nicely when it came to the visuals, but fear was kind of taking things a step up. It was a lot more complex in terms of the storyline to the video clip and it was very very abstract whereas Into the Black was pretty much a straight performance style video um, but it was very very dark because obviously it's about depression and it's called Into the Black um, but Fear is really kind of bursting out of that and it's a bit more um, yeah it's just got a bit more going on visually that was shot by two different directors but um, the director that we used for Fear was very conscious of carrying on the themes of Into the Black. So the next way we capitalized on the song is we made sure that we shot behind the scenes footage and took behind the scenes photos when we were shooting the video clip. So then we compiled that into a behind the scenes video and we also used the behind the scenes photos across all our social media. So it's really, really easy content and it also allows your audience to get a glimpse of your personalities, which will deepen the connection and turn your followers into lifelong fans. So I am a really huge advocate to showing the behind the scenes of a band and not always showing the polished kind of end product your personal connection with your followers is what is going to turn them into lifelong fans. As I just said, it's really, really important. And whilst your music can attract people and resonate with people at the end of the day, it's your values and your personalities as a band, which makes them stay. So as I said, behind the scenes, footage and photos is super easy content. So when all the press and whatnot starts to die down from the actual initial release of the single and video, then you can hit people with a behind the scenes video, which can be cut up, put on Instagram, put on Facebook, put on YouTube, put everywhere. And yeah, it's just like an extra way to kind of remind people, you know, a couple of weeks later when they've maybe forgotten about the song to remind people about it and also deepen that connection with your fans. So that concludes everything that was in the blog post, but 
Carrying on from that, what we've been able to do now is to do an anniversary post on social media, resharing the video that we released a year ago. And you can do this kind of at any stage. You can do this three months out. You can do this six months. You can do this a year. Reshare the video and maybe just do a recap on some of the highlights or memories from the shoot. Um, We had um, some really cool press that dived into the visual concepts from the director's perspective when he was putting through the video. We had an article from Clipped TV that we shared, um, which goes into depth about, yeah, just like how the director, David Owen Blackley, um, by the way, he was on the podcast last week. You should totally, totally listen to the interview with him. It's amazing. And obviously if you're in a band, you're probably thinking about doing a video clip. Video is the most powerful medium in my opinion, but yeah, I mean, even a year on, we've been able to repurpose all of the content from the behind the scenes footage to the actual video clip itself and share it as an anniversary post across all our social media. I've personally been able to repurpose the video clip into the blog post that this podcast is built upon. So that is how I personally have been able to repurpose that content. And once again, get the video into the eyes and ears of people that may not have watched it before or people that maybe just haven't watched it in a while and just remind people of that song. The last thing that we did was we got together a couple of weeks ago and we filmed some content of me and my guitarist, Ben, talking about the making of the video and the writing of the song. And we are going to be releasing that this week once again to celebrate one year on from fear. And um, yeah, it's just like really easy social media content. Both my drummer and my bass player, they have cameras and they are pretty savvy when it comes to video editing and whatnot. My bass player does it for a living. Um, so we're very, very lucky, but honestly, like I've seen bands do this kind of stuff just with their iPhones. I mean, the quality of phone cameras nowadays is absolutely incredible. In fact, a good things festival in December last year, my boss just used his iPhone 11 to record all our interviews. So, and it turned out like fucking amazing. Pretty much everyone has iMovie if they have a Mac and it's really not hard to edit up a one minute clip of you and your bandmates talking about a song that you released six months ago, or even if you just released something a few weeks ago, you can pretty much do this anytime. I mean, obviously it's great to have some sort of strategy in terms of when this content is coming out, but at the end of the day, like I'd rather you guys put out some content than no content by waiting around till the perfect time. So just get your phones out, record some footage talking about the song or the video or whatever, and put that out on social media. It's it's so, so easy to do. And once again, it really just deepens the connection to your audience by showing your personalities, jumping on camera. The only thing I wouldn't recommend is making these videos too long because as an unknown band, people just aren't really going to pay too much attention if the video goes over, say, five minutes. So try and keep the videos under five minutes if you can. That will hold people's attention and yeah, it'll just make a lot more of an impact rather than people getting bored. So I hope these tips helped. As I said, the blog post really goes through what we did at the particular time to brand and market the video clip for fear. And yeah, I just wanted to build upon that by all the ways that uh, we've been able to once again 
a year on, get that song into the eyes and ears of potentially new listeners or old listeners that have forgotten about it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want me to do more episodes on how I apply marketing and branding in the real world to my own band and my clients' bands, then please let me know. As I said, my own band, The Last Smarter, is gearing up for a single release in May and a release show. So yeah, there's a lot of talk at the moment on how we are going to be marketing and branding that next release. We have a video clip that we're shooting in the next couple of weeks. I'm so excited. You can keep up to date with everything on my band at The Last Martyr. We're just The Last Martyr everywhere except Twitter with The Last Martyr AU. Come follow me as well, Monica Strutt, and my band is linked in my bio of my Instagram and on my Facebook and everything like that. As a side note, if you don't have a link to your band, on your Instagram or Facebook, then that is a really bad idea. The amount of times that I've gone to check out someone's band after having a discussion with them, but there is no link to their band in their Instagram or Facebook bio. Yeah, you're just doing yourself a massive disservice. Totally random tip that wasn't really much to do with this particular episode, but I hope it helps nonetheless. Anyway, stay safe everyone and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.